Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take TPV Radio with you 24-7. Just download live. 365 app from your Apple or Google Play Store. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio or www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go! Hey, what's going on, home team? This is your boy Gino Worldwide, Pastor Gino, man of Free Wave Radio, Generation Now Church in Murfreesboro. Hey, you are now listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go! The Weight of Life with Sister Deanne Libreen. All right, all right. Welcome, 
everybody. Welcome. Happy Tuesday to you. How are you? It is a cold day in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It is 39 degrees where I am in the city of Dallas. It's 42 degrees. For the state of Texas, it's cold. <laughs> Amen. We're not supposed to be hitting the temperatures until December. It's in January, but we are cold and raining. Yes, but I want to thank you for being here wherever you are, in the cold, in the warmth, in between. I'm just glad that you are here. You are listening to Victory Over the Waste of Life with your host, beautiful, gorgeous, amazing, fantastic, phenomenal host of yours, author and speaker, Diane Lubre. It is a great pleasure to be with you once again. This is the time I am asking you that you call your friends and family members and you tell them, hey, log on to tpvradionetwork.com. That fantastically, wonderfully, amazing, phenomenal woman, Diane Lubrant, is on. So I want to thank you again for doing this. Uh, I want to say welcome to Africa. I want to say welcome to the Caribbean and the Virgin Islands. I want to say welcome to Russia. I want to say welcome to China. You're in the U.K., you're in Canada, USA, wherever you are, South America, wherever you are, I want to say thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Go ahead and let somebody know about tpvradionetwork.com. Look for the lady in the yellow suit that says victory over the weights of life. Please give me the thumbs up and go ahead and follow so every time I come on, you get a notification so you don't miss the show. Today is the 27th of October, 2020. Can you believe it? October has come to an end. My God, my God. But before we go any further, we cannot do anything, or I refuse to do anything on my own strength, on my own wisdom. So we must invite Holy Spirit to be in our midst tonight. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for another day. We thank you, God, for the changing of the season. We thank you, God, for all what you've done, all what you were doing, and God, and all what you will do. We thank you, God, because you are great, God, Father, and you are worthy to be praised. Lord, there is absolutely no one like you. Father, we invite you into this show right now. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you draw the people near and far. Father, everyone that needs to hear this word tonight, we pray in Jesus' name, God, that you open up their minds, open up their eyes, open up their ears so they can receive what Holy Spirit is speaking to them. Father, I want to thank you for the Newton family. Father, bless them. God, let the blessings overtake them. Let it overwhelm them. Let it run them over. Lord, I thank you for TPV Radio Network and everyone, oh God, that is a part of this radio station. God, we bless you. We pray for the victim. We pray for healing. We pray for deliverance. We pray for transformation. We pray, oh God, that your will be done in their lives, oh God. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory and we give you honor. And Father, we pray this prayer in no other name than the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Again, y'all, it's the last Tuesday of October, 
and while they were just, you know what? I rarely and barely heard anything on the radio or on the television having anything to do with domestic violence this year. If you guys heard of any, I did not hear anything unless it was me or unless it was the guest that we have uh, on the show. I didn't hear anything on the major news network, nothing. Amen. So I don't know with all, if with, with all the corona and with the election coming up, that, you know, people just like, hey, forget that, you know, not realizing with this whole corona and everything, the uh, domestic violence rate has risen and, and more and more victims are being abused in this lockdown and whatnot. But yet nobody said anything about it. But this is why I always thank God for the Newton family and for TPV Radio Network because they have allowed me to be a voice crying out when no one else is speaking, they know Sister Diane will speak and will talk about it. So I just want to say again, thank you to Brother Chris and Sister Shanice. I love you guys so much. God bless y'all, and thank you. So today is the last Tuesday of October, but not because it is the last Tuesday of October. That means I'm going to stop talking about domestic violence. Y'all know that ain't true, right? <laughs> that ain't true. That ain't going to happen. It's not going to work. We're still going to speak of Jesus. We're still going to edify. We're still going to lift up the name of Jesus. And we're still going to speak to victims of domestic abuse and let victims of domestic abuse know, hey, you can come out. You can be healed. You can be made whole. Your life can be totally transformed. But the only person that can do it is Jesus. And you have to allow him to do what he does best. And that is heal and bring deliverance to our minds and our spirit and our bodies. So throughout the month of October, I did not, um, I looked for a guest, but I couldn't find one that is, uh, that was willing to come out. I was trying to find two different guests. I was trying to find and I, I know you holy rollers might roll your eyes and stuff like that, but the Bible tells us that we must love one another. It doesn't matter what lifestyle people live or how they choose to live their lives. We are not called to judge. We are called to love one another. And I was trying to find somebody of the LGBTQ community to speak of domestic violence in that community. Amen? Because you love people. You just don't love the sin. Because truth be told, we all got some wrong with us. Truth be told, we were all sinners at one time. Some still doing it, still enjoying it behind closed doors. Okay, so I there's this. I, I want to talk about. I want to talk about because we only have an hour, so I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna Holy Spirit have your way because one of the things I wanted to talk about, and if you are in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and I was so happy. I was so happy Sunday to see an apostle at the Ibach Church in Dallas, Texas, as he was outside, as the people boycotted, uh, what's his name, Pastor Ricky Rush, okay? And there was an, he, he got busted for basically pedophilia, molesting children, 
So last month and Sunday, there was an amazing article in the Dallas Morning News. And one of the things, let me tell y'all something. For those of you who put your pastors on a pedestal, stop it. Stop it. You have to remember your bishop, your apostle, your prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, minister, we are all made of flesh and blood, and we all need Jesus, okay? We all need, stop making these people God. Stop thinking you cannot get close to God as they are. There are a lot of hurlings in the pulpit. There are a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing in the pulpit. And a lot of people, you will cut your neck, break your neck for your pastor, say, my pastor ain't this, my pastor ain't this, my... And you don't know that the man in the pulpit and the man behind closed doors are two different people. So stop it. That's why we are to pray for them. We pray for them. We ask the Lord to watch over them. We ask the Lord to keep them. We ask God to save their souls because I don't care what pastor tell you this, we all have temptations. Because if the devil is as bossy and bold as he is to go and tempt Jesus, who are you and I for him not to tempt us? He will tempt us. That's why Jesus told us to be prepared because he's coming. Amen. He's coming. So they went ahead and they busted Ricky Rush for sexual child abuse and pedophilia and, and, and stuff like that. And Sunday, they had an amazing article in the Dallas Morning News. I read a little bit of it. And what that man did, he handcuffed, listen to the age, y'all, listen to the age, seven, seven, seven-year-old children. He handcuffed seven-year-old children, pulled their pants down, and spanked them. Okay? You do not take nobody's kids. Not your kids, not your mama's kids, not your sister's kids, nobody. You don't put them in handcuffs, go behind closed doors, take their pants down, paddle them, and get your rocks off. You're demented, okay, demented and possessed. And this man, major pastor, there are a whole lot of Dallas Cowboys that goes to his churches, judges and other people of prestige who have a little pedigree, they go to his church. And nobody knew what he was doing to these kids. All these people that are telling you we have summer camps for your sons and your daughters, and we have this to teach young men how to be men and young girls how to be young girls. You guys, even though it is in the church, we cannot throw caution to the wind and just think these adults are not going to do anything to our children. Children are being victimized every day of the year. As we know, and I hate the thought of it even now, as we speak right now, ever since we came on this radio, one child we know for sure has been trafficked. And one child, as we speak, speak right now is being raped or sodomized by an adult and the 
sad part is some of these children are being raped and sodomized by pastors, by bishops, by apostles, by evangelists, people in the pulpit raining down a hell's fire and brimstone. And they try to keep themselves out of their way. We have got to come to the place where we take our heads out of the holes like we're a bunch of ostriches. And we just think because we are trying to live right and because we're trying to serve God the best way that we know how. We cannot assume that everybody is doing the same thing. Especially in the pulpit. You guys heard it over and over. How many priests, how many priests in the Catholic churches have been busted? Even with the Boy Scouts, how many of them got busted? In the YMCA, how many of them have been busted? There was another pastor here in Dallas. He is serving time in jail right now. He had a private apartment. Yes, that sucker needs to be under the prison. He had a private apartment, and he would invite the ladies over there, and he would drug them, and then he would rape them. Okay? So so, so don't tell me. It ain't my pastor. Oh, no, not my, my pastor is a man. Yeah, he was too, and he had a big old church. A big, that's why the Bible tells us man. We look on the outward appearance, but God, he looks at the heart. If you look unto men to be your savior, you're going to end up in hell. That's why we cannot, we cannot take every word in the pulpit as they say, because a lot of the words that are spoken in the pulpit are hypocritical words. That's why it is imperative that you read and you learn and you study your Bible for yourself. Timothy told us, study to show yourself approved unto God. He told us, you have to, because anybody, you know how many jailbirds are coming out of jail and all of a sudden they're in the pulpit? You don't know what kind of life they live. You don't know if there was somebody husband or somebody boyfriend behind bars. And then they want to come and tell you, we need discernment, ladies and gentlemen, in this time. We need God to remove the scales off of our eyes. But here's the thing. God is a gentleman. If we don't ask him to remove it, he's not going to force himself on us. If you don't, if you want to live in the darkness, that's up to you. But as for me and my house, I need to know. So he is in jail. He was beating these kids. He was molesting these kids. And he had this slogan talking about, what in hell do you want if heaven got all that you need? And my thing is, what in hell do you want if heaven got all that you need? I was like, well, wait a minute, bro. What you trying to say? Huh? What you trying to say? (laughs) The Bible tells us. Children, their angels are before the face of the Lord every day, every second. When we mistreat these innocent children, don't think you're getting away with it because 
All of it is written down in the books in heaven. And there is no excuse for it because God is not a liar. So whatever is written down is not lie. It's not. It's not trying to get over. It's not anybody hating on you. It's not anybody trying to make you feel bad. Whatever acts we do here on earth, one day we have to give an account for it. The angels of these children. So can you imagine how many angels? went before the Lord and brought up the name of Ricky Rush, not because he preached a good word, but because he sodomized, he touched, he handcuffed, or did whatever he did to these children. See, we don't think of stuff like this. Now, here's something else that's going to happen to a lot of these kids. Unless their parents really believe, really get down on their knees and they seek God, for healing of these children, a lot of these children, some of them are going to grow up and they're going to do the same thing to other kids that was done to them. You hear me? These innocent babies are going to say, well, he did it to me. Why can I not do it to someone else? And a lot of them are going to say, man, please, what God are you talking about? When the pastor of the church was molesting me, where was God at? So do you see how we, how so many souls are going to be lost? And so many pastors, the, the, the blood of these children are going to be required of them because suffer not the little children to come unto me. And when we do these things to these babies and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they don't want to hear nothing about God. They don't care about God. God is not real. God don't love nobody. If God loved me so much, where was he at? If God loved me so much, why he allowed this thing to happen to me? A lot of them. And I'm going to say something because the church, we're sleeping, or we pretend like we're sleeping, and we wonder why a lot of these young boys, they say, I'm gay. They're gay. A lot of men I've heard, they tell you the reason why they are gay is because another man molested, raped, and sodomized them. So they don't look at this as it is just something happening in the natural. There are spirits being transferred and soul ties are being formed when these grown men and women sleep with these little children. Now, I don't know if you live in a neighborhood and there are any sex offenders, but uh, when I lived in Garland, there was a sex offender that moved into the neighborhood. And whenever there's a sex offender that moves into the neighborhood, all the, uh, uh, the, the entire neighborhood, they, they, they must be notified. So the letters go out. And they sent a letter, and the boy, he was 19, and the girl, she was 16. So I scrolled down, and I looked at the victims, and I looked at the perpetrators. Y'all, I am so glad God never say, Diane, what do you think I should do? Because I said, Lord, take all of them, put them in a barrel, 
fill it up with concrete up to their necks and just drop them in the ocean. Because I looked on that website. There were both men and women, <coughs> excuse me, who was abusing these children. You guys, don't you know there were babies on that website? Well, they don't show the babies, but they tell you the age, and 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 they give you, they tell you, well, such and such rape little such and such, and little such and such was three months old, six months old, a year old. How demented! How demented it is to look at a six month old and get around. How do you look at a seven-year-old and you cannot control your urges for a seven-year-old? Because this, this, this really hit home. Because the first person that molested me, my memory goes back to seven years old. So I understand how these seven-year-olds felt standing there naked, standing there embarrassed and for the first time in your because once a child hit five, they start, no, 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 you can't see my private. No, 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 daddy, turn around. No, no, no. They they start to, to, to get the embarrassment and the shame feeling because now they're getting to know their bodies. So at seven years old, for you to come and to do that to the body of a child, and we wonder again, why domestic violence is running rampant, not just in the church, in the schools, in the prisons, domestic violence in the community. It's wrecking our lives because at seven years old, I knew what happened to me was not right. And now at 49 years old, I still remember and I close my eyes. I can still see me there. So as a child growing up, what is normal? You don't know. The most powerful thing, and see, this is why I believe we need to teach about sex in the church. Yes, we teach our children the books of the Bible in Sunday school, but we also need to teach them because the old saying says, curiosity kills the cat. So a lot of kids don't know anything about sex. And then a lot of kids have been so messed up, they believe just sleeping around is okay. So these kids grow up, and because your sexuality is the most powerful thing that you have, what happens? You grow up and you try to take it back because somebody, came and they stole something from you. So now you are taking it out on everybody because I refuse to let a man just jump on me. You can't, as, 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 as a victim of sexual abuse, and, and brothers, let me say this to you. If you are married to a woman who have been sexually abused, see, I can't speak on it on the brothers because I don't know. Amen? I don't know. I can only speak on it from a woman's point of view because that's all I know. But I say to you, if you married a woman 
let's be honest, there are a lot of men and women who are not married or having a whole lot of sex. So we're not going to front. We're not going to perpetrate. We're just going to tell the truth as it is. Okay, so if you're married to, if you're dating, if you have a booty call partner, if you have a little side piece, whatever it may be, if that woman is a victim of sexual abuse, I guarantee you there's something you can't do to her. You can't just smack it up, flip it, rub it down. There are some things that brings her back. It's a trigger. That brings her back to a place where you say, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, right there, that reminded me of something that I don't want to go back to at all. So when we see these young girls and they have their skirts under their behind and their tops, their cleavage are just about all the way out, we look at them. And we say they're fast. We look at them and we call them like a young a young whore. Oh, well, we already know where this one's going to end up. She's going to end up on, on somebody's pole somewhere. When was the last time you ever took the time out and talked to them? Or even Google what effects and effects sexual abuse have on young people. That's why they're like that, because what was taken from them cannot be regained unless they take it back. It's like a loan shark, okay? You took from me, but now I'm coming back, baby, and I'm coming back with a vengeance. You're going to give me everything you took from me, and you're going to give me extra, and you're going to give me. That's why these girls on the pole. It is so hard for them to get off because these men go out there, work 40, 50, 60, some 80 hours, and I come and I wiggle and jiggle and you give me all your money. You know why? It's not that they're whores. It's because the money is is like a... Help me, Holy Ghost. The money is like the evidence of them regaining their power. But what they don't realize is they're only digging themselves deeper and deeper in a hole. Do they care? Some of them do. That's why a lot of them get on the stage drunk, high, because you cannot be in your right mind stripping. You might want to say, Sister Diane, well, you sound like you're somebody with experience. How you know them things? Well, can I tell you something? I tried it because I needed, I needed to find me. I needed to be empowered and in control of me. And I thought, this pretty island thing, <laughs> please. I thought I can use my beauty. I thought I can use my smile to get these suckers back. And if you hear the strippers talk, that's exactly what they tell you. I'm going to get this sucker for all his money. So for all you brothers who go into the strip club and you think, yeah, man, I think she kind of like me. No, dog, she just like your money. Use the food. I'm just going to tell you like that. She don't like you. She like them dollars 
and then five and twenty dollars that you're putting in her G string because somebody messed with one of these girls. Now mind you, there are girls that are on the pole, there are girls that are doing porn, there were girls that are doing all kind of sexual deviant things because hey, let's face it, they're freaks. Okay, we're just going to say it like that. This station, we speak truth. And if you can't handle it, it might be a little too hot. You might want to go home. Okay? They just like it. But if at any time you ever met somebody who is a stripper, who was, ask them what happened. A lot of women get on the pole because they left abusive relationships and they have babies. So what is the quickest way for a beautiful, you ain't even got to be beautiful. You just got to get naked. The quickest way for a woman to make money, you show your body or you sell your body. My baby's got to eat. We need a roof over their head. But what is the root cause? Could it be somebody like Ricky Rush did something to them? Could it be? That bishop in Atlanta that died, could it be somebody like that? Could it be their father that, like Joyce Meyer, thank God Joyce Meyer, she never had any babies or anything, but if you've ever heard Joyce Meyer's story, could it be why she was the way she was until God changed her? Could it be some of you why you are the way you are because of what somebody did to you? Before we get so holy and get so judgmental, and want to call people's daughters out of their names. Could it be that it was your brother, your son, your cousin that maybe raped them, that maybe was molested? Could it be you who did that? See, when it's, when, when it's time for us to look in the mirror, we don't like it because it is so much easier to point fingers at everybody else. So much easier to point fingers, but to look at a young girl's life and to say, man, I messed up her life. How many men, how many women who have ever molested or raped or sodomized a kid and look at that kid and go back to that kid and apologize and say, I'm sorry, I did it. I, I just wonder how many men took women, pimped them out, watched them get high on drugs and do these despicable things with their bodies and say, man, that was my fault. I messed up that life. I wonder, because I'm telling you, when I called my godfather, <laughs> baby, I think my godfather had the biggest Bible in a Pentecostal church I grew up in. <laughs> I, I think even during a Bible study and Sunday uh, a prayer meeting, I think the brother was close to having a, a, a coat and tie on. You see him Sunday morning. We did not miss Sunday school service. We did not miss morning service. We did not miss evening service. But Sunday night, he goes to bed. As I get up to get myself ready for school Monday morning, 
guess who was in that bathroom doing things to my body? When God started dealing with me about releasing, forgiving, and letting go, I did not want to call him. I did not want to talk to his wife because she knew what was happening to me. But because she was so afraid of him, she took it off of me. But she knew it wasn't me. How can a 10 and a half, 11-year-old child seduce a grown man? How is it? So she beat the snot out of me because I guess in her eyes I was the other woman. I was taking the attention from her that was needed. When I called the first time, I spoke with her. Of course, narcissistic people, they always find a way to put it back on you. So in some way, I was ungrateful and, and whatever. But, you know, God said, go ahead, it's time. Let's, let's, let's start that walk. So I asked, where is he? She said, he was not there. I said, okay, well, just let him know. I called. I said, hi. And I said, maybe a month or two months later, it was Mother's Day. So I called to wish her happy Mother's Day. And I asked her, I said, is Godfather there? And I heard her ask him. And he said, who? And he told her, she told him it was me. He refused to talk to me. When I got off the phone, I said, Lord, I've done what you told me to do. I reached out. He did. I said, Lord, I'm done. I'm deleting the number. I'm done. If I'm wrong, let me know, but I'm done. I did it. I have never been recommended by God to go back and make it right. He has never answered my call. The first guy that molested me last year, that was that's in the island of St. Lucia. They said it was like, I want to say a Friday morning, Thursday, Friday morning. Somebody said they saw him beeline out of his house, ran to get some 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 herbs to for for some medication. He never came back to his house. When they went out there, they found him on the ground, dead. And I say this again: the angels of the Lord, don't ah, baby. <laughs> the angels of the Lord is before the throne of God. And look how long it took for him. He probably never thought nothing would have happened to him. He probably thought he got away with it scot-free. And he dropped dead like a dog. My Godfather, he's never called. I inquired about him. He has some major sickness and disease going on. Would he even call me? He's him and his wife. They're bouncing from one church to another on the Virgin Islands because he has no peace. But he has too much pride to call and say, you know what, I was wrong. So he'd much rather stay in a place where he's been tormented night and day. Have I forgiven them? Yeah. Did it change my life? It changed my life forever. Forever. I don't look at sex the way a healthy woman look at sex. I don't get the great significance, that great intimate connection of, you know, that, that, that great bonding and all that stuff that, that's supposed to happen. I don't have that. Why? My first encounter 
was ugly. And although I pray and I still pray, I, that's just something that bruised the soul. It bruises the soul. So teenagers, they are getting in these abusive relationships. Teenagers, they're committing suicide because of the memories of the hurt, of the pain, turning their backs on God. I wonder how many of these children, and you might say, oh, my God, Diane, that's harsh. But I wonder how many of these children, because we don't know how many, because the Dallas Morning News said there are people still coming out. There are people still coming out. It's like 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 the Catholic priest and and and, and the boys and the, uh, the 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 boys club, YMCA, and and the Cub Scouts. Their victims still coming out. So only God knows how many of these kids are going to turn to prostitution. They themselves are going to turn around, molest somebody's kid. They themselves are going to turn around, become a gay or lesbian person. They themselves are going to end up in prison somewhere. And you will say, right now it is not their fault. But when they get older, it's then their fault. Really? What's going to happen to homeboy? He's going to go ahead living his life. They're going to lock him up in prison. And he's going to still go ahead and be preaching the gospel in prison. And if that's where God has to put him to, to get him right, then so be it. Because I don't want to see anybody die and go to hell. But let me tell you something. <laughs> when I heard homeboy died, I can't tell you I busted out crying. I cannot tell you, oh, my God, my whole. No. In my eyes, and you might say, oh, Diane, you're such a horrible person. My Lord, my God, what kind of Christian are you? In my eyes, at that time, I was like, well, got what you deserve, cuz. What you did to me. You destroyed me. You took me through hell. I was suicidal. I was thinking of jumping off a building. I was thinking of jumping out of the train. Why? And because of what I experienced, I married somebody nasty, vicious, would use sex against me, abuse me emotionally, and, and would tell me my body is ugly and would tell me, oh, God, it's like it's never ending. It's not, and when I hear him call me ugly, it's not because I'm ugly now. It's because of what happened to me back at seven years old. I became ugly then. And I've been ugly until I divorced my ex-husband. Any child live a life like that? Should any child be in a place where when they look at themselves, product, no good, damaged good, to see at that age, to be labeled, with such derogatory labels, to look in the mirror and be ugly. That same guy that died, that molested me at seven years old, because of who my mother is, not was, is. Because if you're listening to me for the first time and you don't know, I am someone who struggles with having a visual disability. 
And to this day, my mother don't even call me by my name. She just refers to me as the blind because that's all I am. And when that boy did that to me at seven years old, she called me his mistress. Let me tell you all something. You got to be very careful what you call your children, what you speak over your children. Because words have power, and you keep saying it, you keep saying it, after a while, it's going to manifest. Because after a while, guess what I became? I became somebody's mistress. Not once, not twice, not three times. Didn't see nothing wrong with it. I needed love. I was desperate. I needed somebody to tell me I was beautiful, I was important. And even though I could not have that 24-7, the little bit that I got, kept me holding on. So when he called me tomorrow, I'd feel good about myself. When he come over to spend a few hours with me, I was important. I was loved. I was beautiful. But was it me that was beautiful, that was loved, that was amazing? No. He came to get his rocks off and bounced. You can't, you, 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 you can't make it any plainer than that. Why? When you go through trauma, when you have PTSD, and a lot of people who've been molested for years, there are women who will not date at all, at all. There are women will not date, men will not date women because of what happened. There are women who were abused and they left their husbands or whatever and they had kids and they never got back with another man. Because let me tell you something. When you get in a hole and you struggle to come out and God bring you out, you put a brick wall around your heart. And you don't let anybody in. But what we don't realize is we don't let nobody in, but nothing is going out either. So we're suffocating. That's why so many women are bitter. They're angry. They're filled with hate. They're always dogging out men because of that. Because hurt in people hurts people. There are women who get with men (laughs) only to get from them what they can and then bounce. There are women who meet men at the hotel, roofie them, empty out their wallet, and bounce. Why? Because something is lacking. Something is missing. And that's why I don't call myself a victim. I call myself a former victim because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All the old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. So I'm not that anymore. And I've learned to go on from being a former victim to an overcomer, not because of me, but because of who God is. And if I had not allowed God to do the work in me, I probably wouldn't be here right now talking to you. 
Amen. Sometimes we go through things, and it's ugly, and it's devastating. And like so many people have asked, well, where's God? When is he going to come get me? Why is God so quiet? I know I'm not the only one who feels sometimes like God is a million miles away, and you can call, you can call, you can call, and you just cannot reach him. I learned that's a lie. God is always with us. And all we have to do is whisper the name of Jesus. And he can run into our aid. All we have to do is call on him. He said, if any man come to me, he will in no wise cast out. See, people have rejected us. People have turned their backs on us. There is one man, ladies. That will never, never cheat on you. There's one man, ladies, that will never put his hand on you except to love you, to encourage you, to heal you, to put all your broken pieces back together, all the places that you were shattered. Jesus is able to come in, and he's able to collect all of these pieces, and he's able to put you back together. And when he puts you back together, he puts you back even better than you are. So I say to you, if you are somebody who have ever suffered any kind of abuse, any kind of injustice, if you have suffered in any way and you think or you feel that God is not real, or you, you've been hurt and you say, if God was real, it wouldn't happen. If God had loved me, let me tell you something. God loves you. There's nothing you or I can ever do to make him stop loving us. God cannot love you more than he ever done before. God loves you in a way that our little minds cannot comprehend. Because he had one son named Jesus. And to show us how much he loves us, he allowed Jesus to come to take the punishment that we all should have taken. He let Jesus come, and he took all of our sorrows, all of our sins, all of our sickness, all of our diseases, and he dumped it all on Jesus. And he allowed these people to put his son on a cross, point where Jesus had so much of us on him, the entire world, that God had to turn his back. On his, on his only son, just so he will never turn his back on you. I want you to know today that if you don't know Jesus, if you have not been healed, I promise you, he is right there where you are. If you are in South Africa, if you are in Europe, you are in Australia, you are in the Caribbean, you are in America, you are in the UK, you are in the UK, I don't care where you are right now, where you are right now, you whisper his name. He'll come to you. He'll heal you. He'll deliver you. He'll set you free. He'll save you. And your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you don't know Jesus, I urge you today, invite him. You don't have to bring no sacrifice. You don't have to pay no money right where you are, in your car, in your closet, at your table, in your room, 
wherever you are. You're on the treadmill, wherever you are. Repeat after me. Father, I thank you. I thank you because you sent Jesus to pay the price for my sin. Lord, I turn my back on the world. And today, I make you not just my Lord, but my Savior. I renounce the world. And, Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you forgive me of my sin. You wash me, cleanse me, purge me, purify me with the blood of Jesus. And, Father, now that I am clean, fill me with Holy Spirit and baptize me in the fire of Holy Spirit. Today, Father, I make a decision to serve you until the day I die or until Jesus comes to take me home. I thank you in Jesus' name. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, if you repeated this prayer, you are saved. Go to the Lord. Tell him everything. Don't hold back. Tell him of the hurt. Tell him of the pain. Let him know you're ready to be healed. Let him know you don't want to hurt, you don't want to hate. Let him know you don't want all these emotions that are in you like a ball of yarn, Lord. I don't want it. And he's the only one that can take it away. So if you say that, just know you are now in the kingdom of God. And I say to you, now that you are my brother and you are my sister, welcome into the family of the Most High God. God loves you. I love you. The TPP Radio Network family, we welcome you into the family. We love you. And God bless you. Again, I want to thank you guys so very much for being here. Although this may be the last Tuesday of October, this is not going to be the last time we speak of domestic violence, I will continue to come on and will tell you what the Lord has done for me. I will continue to bring in guests so you can hear, you can be encouraged. And even on the tough days, when you feel like you want to throw in the towel, don't forget, all you have to do, like the babies, raise your hand, cry out, Abba, and he will pick you up and he will make it all right. He loves you. I want to thank you again for being with me. If you're not following me on Facebook, author Diane Lubrin, go to lubrinbooks.com. You can order my books there. Right there, you can go ahead and if you enter in your email address, I will send you a free ebook entitled What Do You Know About Domestic Violence? Follow me. Amen. I want to thank you, Brother Chris, uh, Sister Shanice. I thank you guys. I bless you guys. I love you guys because you guys allow me to do, I believe, what God have called me to do. And you guys don't mind being that funnel that he is using to pour me through. And God bless you. I love you guys. Okay, family, I got to roll up out of here. We'll see you. We'll meet with you. We'll talk with you next Tuesday, God's will, right here, TPV Radio Network. I love you guys. Walk with me, family. Let's go. Good night, everybody.
over the weight of life with Sister Deanne Libreen. TPV Radio, Central Texas. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.